you know, uh, I was raised in ultra-Pentecostal circles, and my dad was saved under A.A. A. Allen's ministry, and we saw a lot uh, in those Pentecostal days. Many the ministry here can understand what I'm fixing to say. My hand's stuck in my pocket. But we just believed that there were demons under every green tree. And I mean, that you didn't have a service unless you cast out devils. Uh, we were extreme, uh, passionate. Everybody say passionate. passionate. And, you know, I, I watched this congregation, the worship team, and the, the passion that is stirred in what they do and how they're worshiping. It's very important. It's a, an ingredient that God cannot supply you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Passion is not something that God can supply you. Pastor and I were talking a couple months ago when we were thinking about uh, taking the chance of having me here again. Uh, but God had been dealing with me about passion, about not a former passion, but a passion for now. Uh, and, and I hope that I can make sense to you because a lot of people, maybe even in this room, I was sharing with the men of our church uh, just a week or so ago, and, and we were talking about passion. We have men in our house that love God. They will hit their knees weeping like babies. And yet, at the same time, it's easy to weep when you need. But passion's a different thing. Thank you. Reach over and touch somebody and say, it's okay, he'll be gone after today. But I, I don't think I'm speaking in adverse to what this house represents. I, as the pastor said, uh, I've been a part of this church since I was 11, and now I'm 37. Uh, everybody else got... <laughs> uh, but if, if I can step back for a moment, I remember as a young man, uh, I knew that I was called to minister. My mom and dad prophesied over us not just other men and women of God, but they would rehearse those prophecies to us, especially if we were misbehaving. <laughs> but, there, you know, I, I remember the season when my father, I'd wake up and he'd have his hands on my forehead, pre just ministering and praying in the Holy Ghost. It was bad times for little kids. We couldn't sleep. <laughs> but he had such a passion for us and for our future, and I remember growing up in that atmosphere, and at, you know, 14, 15 years of age, I was in the world, trying drugs, hiding from mom and dad, uh, and she would deliberately, my mom would deliberately come up and kiss me close to the face to see if I'd been smoking. Anybody had a mom like that? They're so violating. But I remember those times, and they sometimes, if you're not careful, you can escape something that was very vital to your life. But going through it real quickly, because I, I'm just here to obey God. You got some of the greatest preachers in this room, and you don't need somebody coming and trying to mimic that. Look at somebody and say, It's okay. He can't preach real good. But I, I, I'll never forget the time when I finally just committed my heart back to God. It was on a Tuesday night. I was 15 and a half years old. 
And previous to that, a week before, I wanted to go to this party with friends. My dad said, no, we're having a prayer meeting and you're going. I wanted to get sick and fake it and the whole bit, but he was just in the spirit all the time and he would have known I was lying. But I remember going to the church and that very night, the party that I was going to attend, 12 of my friends got arrested. Drug paraphernalia, the whole bit. I was smart enough. I mean, I wasn't a drug addict. I never liked pills. I wasn't in all that. I just liked the entertainment of looking cool every once in a while. I remember smoking a joint on the, on the square of Groton, Texas, and all my friends were there. And all of a sudden, they had this great idea. And I was just there kind of fellowshipping with the people. And all of a sudden they said, let's go to the movies. I took another draw off that. I said, I can't go to the movies. I'll go to hell if I go to the movies. <laughs> I mean, I was high, so <laughs> please. I had my convictions, okay? I had a passion. But as time went on and I was in ministry and I was working with other evangelists and uh, putting up tents and the whole bit, there were times we'd be driving down this, these roads and young people, please hear me. Don't act like your parents. Because some of them have no passion left. <laughs> Thank you. All the parents are leaving now. But we'd be going down the highway, and back in that day, uh, many of you can remember Andre Crouch. Anybody remember him? Now, he was kind of like the big score of praise and worship back in that day, just like others are today. But uh, we'd be driving down the road, and we were so hungry for God. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they'll treat alders and say, well, I'm not going to get up close to the front. Our passion made us sit on the front. Thank you, young people, for real. <laughs> We wanted whatever God had for us. And back then it was scary because when a prophet came, you never knew if he was going to rip you to shreds or give you some powerful word about the ministry. Thank God we've learned some things. Prophets are not mediators between God and man today. They're a part of a five-fold uh, decree of gifted men and women that are supposed to be teaching you how to hear from God for yourself. Thank you for your enthusiasm. We confirm, we can in, in instruct, we can do all of this, but I am not between you and God. We got two of the greatest men I know in, in the things of God that know more about me than you want to know. But they love me. Two great men of God stood by me in my worst hours, but I lost passion during that time. It's dangerous. Uh, Pastor Zach and I were talking, and, and it was something that I've shared for years, but he reminded me of it when he said, you will never have passion for anything you don't respect. Hello. I used to teach people, you'll never, and I was talking to people about submitting to authority and blah, 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 blah. But I said, you'll never yield or submit yourself to anything or anyone that you don't esteem greater than yourself. I didn't say better. 
There's no man or woman in here better than me, and I'm not better than you. Thank you. Is that, does that make sense? There's a difference between greater and better. Now, Jesus is both of them. He's better and he's greater. But when it comes to you and I as mankind and men and women and boys and girls, nobody in this room exceeds the other as far as being better. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Everybody say passion. And getting back to the point, you know, because I don't want to over-reference things because you've been taught well. I don't have to go into a lot of definition. But you, some of you in this room remember when the passion raged so strong in this house. We did stupid things. Like wear ourselves out. I wear comfortable shoes now. These are stretchers. They're padded. Cost me 30 bucks. I feel like I'm walking in the clouds of glory right now. But back in the day, we, we suffered through our praise and worship. We wore those leather tight shoes. Danced for hours. <coughs> Anybody remember those days? Well, I love Jesus too. I, I'm patting my foot. Listen, it's not about what you do. It's about why you do it. I, I mean, I'm not at an age I was 40 years ago. I remember movements I could do. I will not try today. I used to jump off four-foot platforms and run the aisle. I want stretchers on if God ever wants me to do that again. Sketchers, not stretchers. Yeah, they would probably take me out in a stretcher. <laughs> mm, please guard me, Brother Val. <laughs> you covered me once, covered me today. But getting back to the point, because I'm messing with you. But remember, we'd be driving down the road. And the Holy Ghost was so much hand in hand with our Passion, because we were not smart. We weren't the most educated. But whatever we knew about God, we had such a hunger and a passion for. And I love watching this person over here with this, this uh, whatever they were doing. Because they were just jamming with him. <laughs> well, some of you are sitting there. I'm not getting on to you. Because if... If you love God with all your heart and this is what you do, that's okay with me. It ain't about me. It ain't about you. Look at somebody and say, God has a major attitude. He thinks he's God and the only one that is. But our passion was so driven, we'd be driving down the road and it was dangerous to have Holy Ghost filled kids driving a car. Because Andre Crouch would be going, and I mean, they'd be in that two-force beat, and I mean, they sh you could feel that music. And back then, it had to be two-force at this speed, or it wasn't God. <laughs> Don't you come in the house of God with any of that slow stuff up, up front. Now, I'll, I'll just stop there on that one. We would pull off onto the shoulder 
slam on the brakes, pull off on the shoulder, jump out of that car, and dance up and down the highway. Brother Tim, you fooled if you think I'm going to do that. I'm not trying to get you to do that. Passion has this unleash effect. Is this, am I making sense? It has this unleashing effect. You can, and somebody says, well, Brother Tim, I'm shy. Will you tell me that when you go to a Missouri football game? Because some of you change all of a sudden. Thank you, Jesus. Get that ball. <laughs> My wife's a diehard OU fan. She made me into one of them. I, all that was sin when I was growing up. And then somehow God changed his mind. <laughs> after I grew up. <laughs> Sorry. Have a little counseling issue that need. Am, am I okay with y'all? What would happen if you got so full of the acknowledgement of Holy Ghost within you? Yeah. That you're driving down the road. <laughs> and the power of God is so prevalent upon you, but your passion is stirred. Let me make, my, uh, make sense to you. I'm full of God whether I feel it or not. That's what gets you through when you can't sense, you can't feel, you can't seem to get over issues, but you know that God is in you. And if God before you, who can stand against you? The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, not just in us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I okay, baby? She's so pretty. It's like a cloak of separation, and, and, and I want you to hear me on this. I told you that it's an unleashing effect. Your passion brings about an unleashing effect. A am I right, Pastor Val, in some of your services, people got so in what seemingly overwhelmed by God, but we're smart enough to know once you learn some things, God's not going to overwhelm you without your permission. The devil cannot overwhelm you without your permission. Reach over and push somebody and say, he's talking to you. I know it's not me. You know, let's take a romantic flavor. If I had walked up to my baby and says... You look pretty good. I'd like to marry you. She would have probably looked at me and say, you look pretty stupid. <laughs> Come back and try again. <laughs> Hello. Passion is a, uh, is a measure that God kept messing with me last year. I had to repent of a few things. Says I found myself sitting in our church and thinking, man, I wish the passion would burn within our house. <laughs> God said, look in the mirror. I said, well, we're not talking about me, God. We're talking about them. <laughs> he said, 
then strike the fire. See, I know there's young people. The last time I was here and I sensed the, the, just the fire of God upon several of the young people in this house. What we knew years ago, 20 years ago in this house, will never measure up to what God is fixing to release as a Holy Ghost fire upon the young people of this house. Uh, you remember that trash can band you had? <laughs> I love that. Get ready. See, you think I get loud because I'm anointed at that moment. I get loud because I have <laughs> But there's a passion that God stirred in me and said, you release it. He said, whether you understood it then or not, it was your passion that birthed in others to strike out and say, I want that fire. Guess what? Your passion is the kindling wood of that fire. Lord, I wish somebody could hear me. You young men have no idea what them blue tennis shoes going to be doing. I was your age and I could outdance anybody on the field. I'm not talking about secular dancing. But I look back now and you know why? That I seem to have had the energy. Yeah, I was younger. But God let me to know there's going to be men. You hear me when pastor laid his hands on you. You tell your enemy. The day of miracles and healing is not over. When I joined your hand, the spirit of God said, you let him know. Today is his day. We're not old yet. We got another 40 years. Yeah. I saw the angel assigned to you two while I was standing over there. And I don't see angels a lot. I know they're present. But I saw that angel bend his knee and lift his sword and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm turning 65 in April, and I don't even know how to identify with that. Because something inside of me, even more this past year, stirred because all my life I remember, I will live a long life. And my health will not fail. My health has been challenged in the last couple of years. God said, what are you going to do about it? Disclaim all you've said? I said, no. I felt myself getting up. And God said that angel got on his knee before you. I saw it in the spirit. He raised the sword and he cut off your enemy. God said you get ready to write the notes. Write the notes. One of the things missing that many of us have, have so been graced with of books in the past is men and women of God that took the pen. Now we've got it better. I don't even have to write now. I take my notebook and voice to text it in. That's awesome. But write it. Write the testimonies that generations from now, if God allows are going to read those testimonies. I can see them getting out of their car and dancing around the highway. I'm ready, God. 
Look at somebody and say, get your passion back. Get your passion back. I challenge seven people in this room that want it back. Jump to your feet and say, I've got my passion back. I've got it back. Come here, baby. Lay your hand on her. I curse the root of it. Lay your hand on him. I don't care how many steps they gave you. It was just a stunt. God is the real action. And God said it's today. Somebody stretch your hand and say today. Somebody just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment. Just lift up your prayer language. It edifies you and builds you up. Passion. Somebody say, I'm stirring my passion. What was it that God told you back in the mid-80s? You don't have to answer that out loud. He keeps saying something about that. I don't know what he said. He hadn't told me. He said, raise it up. The passion you have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I, can I get, keep going? Is it okay? Because there, there is... See, I struggle with things. And I'm just going to be open with you. Just stay standing with me because I don't... But what did I buy you? Passion's not hard to figure out. God relieved me from trying to be a good preacher. <laughs> I love it. Now I can mess up and it don't matter. I went in darkness. Could have died there. But it's amazing how God can take what the enemy meant for evil and open your eyes to things you could not see when you were in the light. Showed me my trail. Showed me my fault. But showed me his glory. I'd be in a bar with a drink and a cigarette. Not one night did I go to bed without saying, God, please forgive me. I know you're going to win this battle. Being on a keyboard in a bar and start playing. People start weeping around me and I'd run out of there. Because I felt a conviction that I have no right to, to touch people's lives. I was at a loss. But I will never forget when I met that woman. Worst day of my life. Had fell asleep under a wheel. Broke my hand. Concussion a bit. She comes in, they're going to take me to her clinic and get an x-ray. She walks into the room. I've told you that I think the last time I was here. But she walks in the room and she said, yeah, I'm going to take him and examine his hand, but i got to obey God. She sits on the side of the bed, puts her arms around me, blood all over my face, swollen lip, the whole bit, hugs me. And whispers in my ear, God loves you. 
And then she just keeps hugging me. And my first thought, I come from a hugging family. That wasn't strange to me. But she kept hugging me. And I'm thinking, why is she still hugging me? And my next thought was, I hope she never does. But what I was sensing was the embrace of God again. It took a few years after that. Note after note, I've got a whole drawer full of them where she would write notes to me, what I call God notes. Little did I know that they were gradually stirring my heart to gain my passion back for God. Look at somebody right now and just touch them on the shoulder and say, God wants your passion. You know what it is. You know what it is. And God said, get ready because you and your household are going to become flamethrowers. You know, passion is kind of out there. You just never know what you're capable of doing. You wild man. Come here. There you are. The weight is off. The weight is off. And I am going to take you into a place you've never known before. Is he faithful? Do you know him well? Come here, Pastor Val, you as well. Men of God are no longer looking for numbers to call them sons. But this is a son. And God said the very anointing upon both of you is going to wax stronger through him in the days to come. Don't be in no big hurry. But God said, get ready. The enemy already knows you're coming. Ah, take it. No longer will you say, God, I can't. When I tell you, you can. Out of your belly is going to flow rivers of life. Somebody shake Shake off the dust right now. I know that looks ridiculous, but just shake it off and say, God, I'm going to stir my passion. You get ready, sir. You thought it was time to chill. No. It's time to fill. You will have such a joy in watching words come out of your mouth that you didn't plan on and men weeping between the porch and the altar. Not only weeping, but getting up and out of their need they wept, but out of that passion they'll shout. Can you handle that, sir? Somebody stretch your hand towards Santa Claus and say he, he's going to present gifts unto me. <laughs> hey! It's going to happen, sir. Tell you about old Marika Sheparabai. You've been laying your head over on the chest of God because you couldn't handle it anymore. You just gave it to him. You did the right thing. You did the right thing. I saw God cupping your face just like this as if your head was against his chest and saying, See, he, he's not feeling 
a bit sorry for you. He's feeling mighty proud. See, that's something he said to me a few years ago. I kept saying, God, I've been out of the, the scheme of things, if you will. I've been out of the element of things, of ministry. How can I ever catch up? He said, I don't need you to catch up. I just need you to start. Anybody ever made the statement like I have? It's my family, we're scattered all over the U.S. and We don't get to see each other a lot. But when we get together, we just pick up right where we left off. God said, get ready because some of you are hearing what I'm saying to her. Get ready. You're going to pick up today right where you left off before. Uh, Y'all ain't hearing me. I'm going to find somebody back here that knows that they need this. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Just reach over and touch somebody. It's a new beginning. You know what I'm saying? Just start. Just start. No need to regress. I don't like throwing out this, but there's three or four people in this room that have had abdominal pressure and, and, and you don't even know what it is. Two of you have never even went to the doctor. God said healing's yours. It's restricted your worship. It's restricted your praise. I don't care who you are. God said stir up your passion. And when the devil says you're sick, get out there and just say no, no, no. I'm a worshiper. I'm a praiser. My praise is unto God. (laughs) You didn't come here for a lack of reason. Friend, your passion is going to go off the charts. You need not think that God is done. He's just begun. Oh, no, Bob. And don't you be scared. The only one that's going to be scared is your enemy called the devil. I, I kept hearing him say this, Pastor Val. You know, Pastor, who needed to hear, I don't need to catch up, I just need to get started? Who else in this room needed that? Get started. You look out, Cape Girardeau and Jackson. We're coming. The fields are ours. The harvest is his. We are the reapers. Get out there and get it. See, my intent, I can't be quiet anymore. Because, see, my body started digressing to my behavior. They did. What is that radium on the side of my head due to some little skin cancer? What's the name of that thing? Yeah, one of them things. They said, well, it's going to leave a little white spot inside your head. I thought about doing a tattoo where it looks like a gunshot thing and you can see straight through. (laughs) I have a lot of fun, okay? But (laughs) the enemy said, Oh, it's going to be all over your body. I said, oh, really? I said, we'll see. And I said, I'm already seeing. 
I'll live a long and healthy life. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to live life long and not be healthy. That's what that angel stood there for. You've you got to understand, your angels are angry with your enemies. They're sent to minister unto us. But see, we have a greater covenant than even that. The word of the Lord is in our mouth and in our hand. You go home and you anoint your doorpost. He called you a friend. And you have felt so away from him at moments. But he said, that's my friend. Anoint your doorpost and tell your enemies, get out. You don't owe him, but you love him. I don't owe the devil my attention. I've been reading through the Gospels, through the fast that we had in January, and just some things just stirred up. But you know, every time he sent out his disciples, the first thing he gave them was authority over the devil. And I've heard several say it. I didn't come up with this, but I agree. We don't deal with demons in the house of God anymore or on the streets. We've relabeled them. We call them COVID. We call them flu. We call them cancer. No. They took authority over the devils, and then the blind saw. They rebuked the devil, and then people were sane. Look at the insane person beside you and say, he's talking about you, not me. <laughs> I had other plans this morning, and, and, and I don't make a plan hardly anyhow. I was thinking I'd do something, but God said no. It's a different day. It's a new anointing. Doesn't mean you won't do some things you've done before, but you've got to obey God. No matter what happens. I don't know you. I like the hat, lady. You're welcome, ma'am. Can you imagine an umbrella bigger than this building? And then imagine that God put that over you to protect you from everything. You've been interceding on behalf of some others, but God said, when you do that unto others, I'll do this for you. Your family is coming back. I mean, some of them are in darkness. But he said, call, call your house back in. See, if somebody else wants to grab that one, I am. Your house is coming back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come here, come here. But uh, If you feel something from God, okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I do more than you know. Come here, baby. Is this okay? Uh, have I gone past time? Lay your hands on her heart. It's over. Please know that. I have a lot of people ask me, why don't you say more about things? I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the one that knows. He is. 
But I do know when God says lay hands on an area, it's over. He lifted it off. The prayer times that you're going to have in the future are going to be those of rejoicing. You won't be praying in intercession. You'll be praying with a gladness of heart. There's a time for intercession and the time for weeping, but now it's your season for rejoicing. Somebody stretch your faith toward her and just pour it out on her. Now it's gone. Pariyas. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. That's about if one of us is strong, two of us are stronger. How how much strength is in this room when we operate together? Just reach over and lay your hands while you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Lay your hands on somebody and expect a release in their life. I expect the rhythm of Kosha Prada in Jesus' name. You better quit hiding behind that rock. You can't. Of all people, you can't hide. You were messed up the moment you were born. And I mean that in a good way. There's things I'd like to say, but it's not time. But you know something. You know something is going to change. And you have a right to say no, but you don't have the strength to do it. Because God's call on you was before you ever entered your mother's womb. But you have been pounded. Your heart's like a beating ramp. You're not one, I don't think, to just go around talking and spilling your guts. But God said, lay in the lap of Holy Ghost and spill your guts. Do like I did at times and scream, I don't want this. He can handle it. You know what I'm saying. Pastor Val, put your hand right there on him. Where's where's your wife? Okay. You rehearse these things to her and don't expect her to agree with it. You won't even agree with it at the moment. But you agree with God. You agree with what you know of the anointing. God is shaping you. He's shaping you. There is a prophetic release fixing to crawl out of you like a dragon. Not no lizard. It's a dragon. There'll be moments when the Spirit of God will hit you so strong and you will walk these aisles prophesying. I'm not even going to ask you if that's okay with you. Forget that. Somebody stretch your faith toward this young man. Pastor, put your hand on his heart. There'll be no weapon formed, structured, that is going to stop me from getting to you, saith God. 
My glory has rested upon your favor since the time I thought of you in this order. I measured you for such a time as this. I am instructing you even presently. Things that you won't pay attention to now, but later you will. And the season is not yet. But the instruction and the favor and the place that I am going to mold you is now. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, if you ever need a friend, you've got one. If you ever need to call and just yell at somebody, you can call me. They got my number. Just before 12. I don't care. I'm up late anyhow. Somebody lift your hands and just love on him. He ain't through with you. Okay? Come here and walk with me. When God told me that my passion ignited others, keep walking. Everything I do, you do, okay? I'll limit it. You ready? <laughs> you, you watch him. The fire that's been in you. Sometimes we as parents don't want them to deal with what we dealt with. Look at somebody beside you and say, sometimes I just don't want my kids to deal with what I've dealt with. He has it. Somebody just take your Holy Ghost gun and shoot him. And say he has it. Can you just lift your hands and just love on him for a moment? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Please hear this. If, I, if I've ever sent something, uh, you know, because I knew I would share about passion when I came here today, just two months ago. But God said, it's for all of us. Passion, sit down and chill right now. Passion stirring. I didn't tell y'all to sit down. I told her to sit down. <laughs> y'all are so eager to obey. I want every person that wants your passion renewed. If you don't want it, don't waste your energy. But even if the want to's not there, but yet you desire it. If you want that passion stirred to where it goes beyond the limits, it goes past ideologies, it goes beyond that. But keep in mind, you will never, you will never yield to someone that you don't esteem greater than you. 